Hey everyone, I am so excited to have a special guest on the podcast today, my dear friend and humor writer, Anna Lynn Thomas. And actually today, the day that this releases, her brand new book, We'll Laugh About This Sunday, is available everywhere online, Barnes & Noble, all the good stuff, which she will talk about at the end of this episode. Um, all the links to get her book are in the show notes, and you guys can also listen to her podcast, um, which is about not taking life too seriously. You literally can walk with her um, and work out with her and listen to her hilarity three times per week. So again, she'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast. But today, I'm really excited for Anna to tell you guys about her story of really actualizing her dreams. You guys, she literally has Rachel Hollis's editor as her editor, and the whole thing happened as like a mistake. If she didn't even try it, she's going to tell you all about how she's waited 12 years for this dream to come to pass, and I want you guys to be the early adopters of getting this book. Do not miss out. It will make you literally pee your pants laughing, but also teach you a ton about life and waiting seasons, pursuing your dreams, and really what happens when not everything works out and how you can have a greater perspective to laugh and and what joy does for the soul. So I'm so honored to have my friend Anna on the podcast today and listen up because you are going to laugh and learn. It is a wonderful episode. So here's Anna. Well, hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I am here with my dear friend Anna Lynn Thomas, um, one of the funniest people on the planet and we are here to talk about some really exciting things today. We are so blessed to have you. Um, I have known of Anna for a really long time. I also have the book next to hold me it. for everyone. <laughs> Anna is petting her book for those of you guys who are only listening and uh, I've known of Anna for a really long time through our dear uh, mutual friend, Danielle, shout out to the PR queen, but Mm -hmm. we didn't have the pleasure of meeting until just a couple months ago. And uh, now I'm so glad that our paths have crossed and uh, I've recently read her book, which comes out today at the time of this release. We're so excited to have you, Anna. So thank you for being with us. And I'm looking forward to everyone laughing their heads off today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here hanging out with you anytime, anytime. Love it. Okay, so let's start from the top. A um, couple of years ago, a while ago now, Miss um, Anna, for those of you guys who have not heard of her, got famous over something really, really unique. Um, and I will let you tell the story, but it has lingered, for lack of a better term. Um, it has. For time now. So how did this all kind of start? So um, I was actually, you know, I got my master's degree uh about 10 years ago, I worked at a university in Northern California and I got my master's degree and I was going to go into, um, I'm going way back. I think I'm going farther than you wanted me to, but I'm just going to set the scene. (laughs) So I went to, um, uh, I worked at a university in Northern California. I got my master's degree there and I was going to be a psychologist. And the whole time that I was there, my bosses, my boss's bosses, the president of the university, they all said, you know, why have you ever tried comedy? Have you ever tried stand up? I feel like that's actually what you're meant for. And I, I've never felt like I was meant for stand up. That's never felt like a calling. And then I had to really, I was like, am I just afraid of stand up? Or am I, and I, no, I don't think I am. I just don't think it's anything I've ever really wanted to do. But what I have wanted to do my whole life is be a writer. In fact, when I went to college, I got my degree in advertising because I was afraid I'd be poor if I got an English degree. And so I went into advertising instead, but all of my credits were like English and creative writing. 
So anyway, after I got my master's degree, uh, my husband and I, we moved back to Omaha to uh, raise, start a family and raise a family. And I asked my husband before I was about to go into a PhD program at the University of Nebraska. And I asked my husband if I could just try, it was when blogs were just starting off and getting huge. So this was about 12 years ago. Um, and I said, can I not work for a little while and try writing for the first time? and see if I can actually get a blog that takes off. And he agreed, which was, I mean, we were so broke. <laughs> we were living off student loans, his student loans. I mean, we just, but we went for it. He believed in me. And a very short time into blogging, um, I just made this commitment that I was gonna put out an essay once a week. And so a few months in with very few followers, it was mostly like my family and like my friends friends and family were following us. I wrote this story about, it's a true story about when I farted on one of my <laughs> first dates with Rob and I had just met or reached out to another really fairly popular blogger at the time who just, you know, followed me back to be nice. Like I followed her and said, Hey, and so she was being nice and followed me back well, she read the story and she shared it. And so um, it's called The Fart That Almost Altered My Destiny. It, my website crashed. I couldn't barely get it up for like a week. It was just, it kept crashing and crashing. It went uh, millions and millions of views and people, and it just really flooded. And it seems to kind of spike every year. It's been, it went viral back then, but it's like every uh, year I get another spike. And so sometimes I'll know people for a really long time or I'll meet someone and they'll know me for a while. And then they'll realize I'm the one who wrote the story. So they may not know who the author is, but when they find out that it's me, they kind of freak out. So anyway, that started my writing journey. It kind of gave me that first initial boost of encouragement that maybe I could actually do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that that happened. I really feel like it's not a coincidence. I think God has a sense of humor. And I think for him to use that story and to elevate it for me, I don't think is a coincidence either. And, yeah. um, it was an encouragement. Now I had a long way to go, but I think that if I had not gotten that boost early on, it would have been very hard for me to last a whole decade like I did because yeah. yeah. I went at the grind for a decade. And if I had not known that little burst of encouragement, it would have been really hard to keep me going. I mean, maybe at six years, I would have been like, screw it. I got to go get a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So it was, yeah. it was, it was a huge blessing that happened to me. And, and um, that's how everything started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much I want to go from there. Um, one of the things that you and I had talked about when we were hanging out a couple of weeks ago was you talked about how you're really passionate about people not taking life too seriously. You said something really interesting as you were just talking about even our connection with our faith. And we have a lot of people who are faith-based people who listen to this podcast. Why do you think that Christians take life so seriously all the time? And what do you think um, is kind of this place that you have tried to weave in the marketplace, this intersection of like, people just need to laugh sometimes. And then also faith people just need to kind of laugh sometimes to get you through those different moments in life. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that because your life hasn't just been perfect, easy. You know, you've had to go through waiting seasons and stuff like that. Right. So I think a lot of it is the times that we're in because the real reality of it, despite what you see on Facebook or in the news 
is that we really are in one of the most blessed times ever. We have more, we have so much food that even the poor um, don't struggle with starving. They struggle with obesity. I mean, we have so much abundance that I, and, and we have so much comfort, even though we're uncomfortable because life is hard. We have so much comfort that I really think we have to make up our own drama and mm. everything becomes apocalyptic because we need a purpose in life. And when you have this much abundance and you're not focused on the field to feed your family, when you're not focused on survival, we start to get focused on. And, and, and then if you, so if we're not focused on survival day to day, because we have so much abundance, even when we're struggling, trust me, I've been broke. I've been in major debt. I know that stress, that stress is real, but we're not also, um, you know, in, in, in Afghanistan and rural Afghanistan, uh, walking miles for fresh water either. Okay. I just, yeah. I just put, even at my brokest, I put on my tap. <laughs> Okay. I could afford a subway six long. Okay. So, you know what I mean? And so we, I think for many of us, if we live, especially if we live in the West, we have so much abundance, we create this drama. Now we've got the internet and the internet, they need clicks and the news found out that they cannot compete with blogs anymore unless they get us to click. The headlines mm. are misleading. The drama is misleading. My mom did not know about a child who got kidnapped in Virginia. Yeah. My generation does. I, I now, because I look at a news app, now I know that a child was kidnapped in Virginia and it ruins my day. So we really have information overload. So I think we're in a really blessed time, but we have to be at least aware that the news and the media wants to scare us because it benefits them and we have mm. to be right. And so I want to just encourage people because here's the deal to me, bad things happen in life. None of us can escape it. Death happens. Disease happens. Cancer happens. Children dying. These things happen. Okay. Those situations need to be properly grieved. They, 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 they belong in a season of grief. Outside of that, though, I think we can lighten up a little bit. I really think we can. And so, because my, my whole philosophy is if we sweat the big stuff and the small stuff, it mm -hmm. is literally a life of stress and sweating. And then I add the joke. Now we find out that that deodorant gives us cancer. So we're sweating <laughs> and we're putting on the deodorant that gives us cancer and it's all a load of crap. So, you know, it's just being able to find the humor and the joy in life, lightening up a little bit, even within a pandemic and all of the scary things that can have happened. I know people who have been terrified for a year mm -hmm. and a half, blowing out their adrenals because of fear. And they, they've been fine. Their family got COVID. They survived it. Their uh, parents got it. They survived. Everybody is okay. And I'm like, you didn't have to be so terrified that entire time, you yeah. know? It, it, so you could have lived your life and experienced joy and gone after and pursued your dreams and, and, um, you know, took that time. My husband, he got furloughed twice. It was really scary because his paycheck was our bread and butter. He started to pursue his dream. He's like, okay, well, I got nothing to do. So I'm going to study. And so, mm. you know, I, I don't mean to belittle that because I know people have really uh, have lost once some people in this pandemic, but if you're not one of those people, I want you to just 
enjoy your life. And if I can get people to read my book, to laugh while they're, it's called, we'll laugh about this Sunday, someday I share some of my most humiliating experiences. I share some of my scariest experiences and I show how they can be funny. You know, everything's funny Mm. eventually if we just don't take our lives so seriously. And I think Mm. a lot of people there's, it's a kind of a personality trait that can really try to take things really seriously. It kind of gives them a little bit of a purpose in life, or it gives them something to do. And I just Mm. want to encourage people find something that's better for you than that. You know, now I feel like I'm preaching now. I'm really good, but I'm, (laughs) I'm so passionate about it, Megan, because so many people are suffering and I don't want them to be suffering. I want them to be experiencing the best that life has to offer. And if that means you need a news detox, a social media detox, um, read books that make you laugh, watch movies that make you laugh um, and get a little bit perspective like, okay, my children are alive. Everybody's healthy right now. Today's a good day. My parents Mm -hmm. are healthy right now. They're alive. I just called my mom. I just checked in with my dad. Today's going to be a good day. I got a job. I have a job that pays my bills. Today is going to be a good day. And just encouraging people to, to, to enjoy life as much as they can. Yeah. Really good. Um, backing up to something that you said earlier, I I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are kind of in that journey of discovering themselves, discovering their purpose, their calling. And like we said earlier, you haven't had an easy journey. You've had several things in your life that you had to wait for. You had to wait to have children. You had to wait to, you know, have a lot of these different parts that you solidly felt like were a part of your identity and calling and destiny. And, um, you know, from the moment that God said yes, in your heart, you still had to wait for these things. So two part question, one for people who are maybe have kind of a gut feeling, like, I think this is my calling. I think this is what I'm good at. How do you trust that? um, that is maybe what you're destined to do. And then also the other part of that, um, how did you get through that waiting season and continue to believe God that you were on the right track and not give up? Well, I would say for me that my desire to write was, and to be a writer and my intuition on that were very strong. And I understand that that's not everybody. I think I, some people still don't quite know what they're going to do. But everybody has to realize I didn't know I was going to be a writer, even though in my gut, I always loved being a writer. And I thought as a child, I remember as a child, I told my mom that one day I'm going to be a famous author. And she goes, you are? And I go, yeah, but I bet everybody feels that way. And she's like, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't think hardly anybody feels that way, actually. So I had like a gut instinct, but I forgot that gut instinct. I was going to go to into advertising. And then I went and then I did a three, I did a 180 and I went to working at a university and living on campus with students and, and then psychology. I mean, I really bounced out. I really bounced around, but the focus for me, and especially if you don't know specifically what you're going to do is how can I serve people? So that was always my guiding reference. And that's why I found advertising to be so empty. Advertising to me was actually manipulating people and it felt so unnatural to me. I was very bad at it. And so, um, and and not all, I mean, not all advertising is that way, but that was the, the, in general, you have to think about ways to get people to buy and get them to think that it's, that their things are running out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, 
I longed to do something that provided a service. Well, I had been a resident assistant when I was in college and I just, I was so satisfied helping young women, um, mentoring young women who lived on my floor. So I thought maybe I'll be the boss of the RAs, a resident director, and then kind of figure out what I want to do from there. So if anybody doesn't have that like super drive, you can never go wrong simply doing something that serves people. And if you're a Christian like me, I really, I, I always want to say this. I think sometimes believers think that God wants you to be a famous author more, not really. I don't think God he'll elevate you if he can use you, but that's not his desire. His desire is for you to know him and to love him and to be with him. That's really, so I think a lot of people are like, the Lord told me I'm going to be a famous actor. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's given you that desire to act and to be creative, but whenever my focus was on this really lofty goal that focused on me, that is when I experienced the most depression, disappointment, and, and feeling of meaninglessness. When I was more on a journey and kind of just hand in hand and walking side by side with God, it was more than it was, it had, it was more of this like excitement of what God's doing in my life rather than I have this goal. And if I don't reach it, you know, I've been disappointed. So I would say for anybody who, if you have this dream in your heart or you have this vision for your life and it's really strong, believe in it. It's there for a reason and mm -hmm. don't give up, live your life. Like this is happening and mm -hmm. it may not happen now or in 10 years, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. And if you're still in a place, if you're young, if you're in your early twenties and you don't quite know what that is yet, just focus on every day. How can I love people? How can I serve them? And then, mm. and as you get those experiences, giving your life to loving people and serving people, you'll start to get bigger hints about what you really love and what you really enjoy. It could be something creative, like writing or acting or singing, um, or it could be more practical, like um, uh, volunteer work or doing a job where you're a support team for somebody else, you know? So it just depends on what everybody's heart is. And I know you probably are, a lot of people are, are in pageantry. I think pageantry is a lot about service. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, where do you want that to go in your life? Where do you want that to lead after pageantry is over? Where do you want, where do you want this great opportunity to lead you to? And these are all great questions to ask. You're not in a rush and enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. I think people in the West in general, and, you know, I just got back from vacation and uh, just realizing how rushed and hurried we are to do everything all the time is it affects your nervous system. It affects your adrenals. It affects everything, especially we, as women, our cortisol levels, our hormones, I mean, everything. So I think learning how to to rest and know when it's time to put the foot on the gas and when it's the time to just kind of like let go and let God, you know, in Christianese, as we say, but I think to your point, you know, um, I remember the first time that you told me that your fart story went viral, um, as almost an afterthought. Cause you're like, I don't have time to write, but I've committed to writing every Thursday. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit more about how you really did like practice what you preach and you kind of let go. And that's when you got that kind of confirmation from the Lord and your first story went viral. Yeah. I can tell you that almost all the stuff I don't care about pops and the stuff <laughs> I really care deeply about 
bombs. I don't know why. I, it's almost like I put so much energy on it that I depress it with my own, like, you better work energy. <laughs> But yeah, the fart story I had to write, you know, listen, I didn't have an audience. So what did I care? But I made a commitment that with no audience and getting zero likes and zero whatever's, I was going to put something out every Thursday. And so I was late for a dentist appointment. And uh, the night before, I didn't even know what I was going to write. And I shared the story at dinner with my folks. And so I was like, ah, I got to get home. I got to write for, I got to write and post something for tomorrow. My mom's like, hello, write the story you just told us. So I woke up late and then I had a dentist appointment. I wrote it in 30 minutes and I just hit it. And so everything in my life where I've been elevated has had nothing to do with me. It happened without my doing. And that has been, I'm in my personality, I'm very ambitious. And if I don't get what I want, I will, I will, if if something that I want doesn't come to me, I will fight and I will claw and I will make it happen. And that used to get me places when I was younger. Um, Like when I wrote my thesis, I wanted my thesis to win an award. And so I fought for it. And um, as my relationship with God grew, all of my successes were out of my hands. And I'm telling you, that was such a huge learning lesson for me because I just lost complete control of, it just made me realize there's, it's not me who's doing this. Mm -hmm. That was great for my ego because I'm also the type of person that can really just think I'm amazing. (laughs) I mean, that's my personality. That's my inherent temperament is that if I can start to think that my crap doesn't stink, if I'm not, if I'm not, constantly humbled, which I am. Mm. And as I've grown older, I've been humbled so many times that now that that's, that's smoothed out my temperament in that respect. But yeah, the fart story though, that happened. It it took off without me. I had nothing to do with that. Another girl who just happened to know me shared it that blew up. Um, my agent, uh, that didn't happen on accident. I actually did query for agents. I got one of the, um, one of the best agents that I wanted right away. So that thing had to do with me, but when she went out for my books, my editor, um, my two first books never sold. So that was really difficult. My third book, she went out and she never sent it to the, to my editor now, um, at Nelson books, because it wasn't a Christian book. So she didn't think to go to a Christian imprint. My mm. editor, and this is the editor, it's Jenny Baumgartner. She's the editor of Rachel Hollis and a lot of big names, uh, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. She actually went to my agent's website to see who my agent's clients were and said to my agent, hey, does Anna have a book proposal right now? And she's like, weird, because I'm sending out book proposals right now. Would you like to see it? And so that was out of my control. My editor had nothing to do with me. She, my edit, my agent didn't do it. I didn't do it. I got sought out by this Christian editor, which is amazing. Mm. And my book still isn't predominantly a Christian book. It's a secular book, but I'm a Christian. So those themes are in there mm-hmm. or, you know, stories of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently cast on a TV show. I don't know when it's going to air. Please, Lord, I hope it does air. <laughs> I yeah. hope it still happens. You know, you know, you know, Hollywood, Megan. Okay. <laughs> um, that had nothing to do with me. I got contacted out of the blue. I went, I, I actually went for a walk and I was praying to God and I'm like, listen, I don't have a million followers. 
if, if, if you want to elevate this book, God, you're going to have to do it because I can't, because what I was doing is I was working really hard to build my following on social media to the point of almost tears, hustling mm-hmm. to grow my following. And it just was kind of stagnant and I was exhausted. And I go, you know what, God, if you want to elevate this, you're going to have to elevate it. And yeah. so I went, I literally went home. And, uh, right after I got back from my walk, I checked my phone and I got an email from a casting director for this TV show. Here's what's even more interesting is I was supposed to air right before COVID COVID hit. And I was like, well, the show's going to come out before way before my book. But the cool part is that, you know, maybe I'll get a following from it anyway, or boost my following anyway, because of COVID it got delayed and is supposed to air right around this time of my book launch. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm still kind of holding out again. That had nothing to do with me. It's it's. Mm -hmm. And so I have to realize when I try to be like, I really need more followers, or I really need to do this to be successful. The harder and harder I work, the only thing that happens is that I get rushed with stress hormones and stress and things are a dud. So one of the the greatest lessons that I had was from my agent when I was feeling really overwhelmed writing my second book and then launching my first book because she said, And it's so cliche, but it just, it was hitting different when she told me and she said, it's, it's one foot in front of the other. That is the Mm -hmm. only thing people can expect from you. And that is the only thing you can expect from yourself. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, a joy filled purpose filled life where you are pursuing a, a dream in your heart is showing up, doing the work one foot in front of the other without stress, without rushing, and then just trusting the process. And if that dream is in your heart, knowing it is going to come true when you're ready. If I had gotten a book deal from the fart story, my first book would have been crap. I wasn't ready. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. of writers who went viral off of some post, a money hungry agent snatched them up, and then, and then a publisher threw money at it because they thought we are going to ride this wave of popularity. And then they throw that author away like garbage when they're no longer going viral again. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be a real deal writer. And so I, I was shocked. I never got an agent or a book offer with the fart story. I was shocked and I was devastated, but I wasn't ready. Not even, and I wasn't ready for the attention or the fame. My relate, my marriage with my husband was, it wasn't necessarily rocky, but we didn't have our roots down yet. If I would have gotten famous, super famous that early in my marriage, oh, I could see myself getting a divorce. I, I wasn't spiritually or emotionally grounded yet in who I was as a woman. Hmm. So, learning to re- to trust the rejections and learning to trust the delays and to appreciate them and using that time to perfect your craft it's gold and then just trusting when you're ready it'll pop off and if it's mm-hmm. not quite happening yet you're not quite ready either emotionally spiritually or talent wise and that's okay you don't want to pop off when you're not ready. It's, it's the, it's disaster for most people. I mean, look at all the child stars. Okay. They're having a real tough time. They're having a real (laughs) tough time. So, you know, you just think about people who get, who get things too soon when they're not ready and it's hard. Yep. Yep. 
100%. And that is, thank you for sharing that. That's so relatable to our audience. And I can like see a little short form. I'm going to cut of that um, because so many girls compete in pageants for sometimes, I mean, we have one amazing client who competed in 15 locals before she even won a local pageant, you know, and the character that that builds. Um, I think sometimes we have a really short-term perspective because the world as we know it teaches us to have such a short attention span. But if we can just, you know, stretch the pegs of our faith a little bit to see the long term of why we might be going through what we what we're going through or what we're becoming um you know it always ends up working out as long as we don't quit and so I really appreciate you sharing that because who you're becoming is so much more important than the end result which is fleeting you know if your identity is in a book deal if your identity is in winning a pageant then as soon as that happens and I was just reading that chapter in your book too it's like okay well then what's the next thing I have to climb well what's the next thing I have to accomplish it's not that exciting. The thrill lasts two days. Humans are very yep. adaptable. We're adaptable to joy. I mean, the thrill of the book deal lasted two days and then the stress of the book deal kicked in. I mean, I barely wow. enjoyed it. And so each new level you get is going to have that, you know, cliched new devil. It's really just a matter of, you know, you may not I always thought to myself, why did I get my math? Why was I led to get a master's degree? If I'm just going to be a humor writer who writes fart jokes. But the truth is, is that when I got my master's degree, I learned so much about the human condition and the way people think. And you better Hmm. believe that informs my writing. It's subtle. Hmm. Someone who reads my book may not know that, but I understand the background psychology of how people are. And so I can speak to that in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do before. It helped to craft my writing ability to be stronger, to be cleaner. And so all of those things matter. And so for you, if you're, if you're uh, going through pageantry, you're learning how to speak in public. I also went through a phase where I started like a women's Bible study in a group and um, I would show up every week to do these live things. And I thought God was going to grow it to hundreds of thousands and it never grew. And it was kind of like, God's like, this isn't really where I'm pushing you, but, but I learned how to speak in public and not be nervous talking and leading a Bible study. I learned how to podcast. I learned how to speak. I learned how to edit. I learned how to do all of these things with a very tiny audience that was loving. So I was in this safe little cocoon with these very loving women in this Bible study group that I started. So I was safe to make mistakes. I was safe to be nervous or stumble all over myself and practice in front of them. Now, now that the book is launched, I'm on podcasts and I was on this TV show. I have no nerves. When I was on the TV show, I thought for sure, especially when I was in front of the celebrities, I was like, I'm going to be so nervous that I hope I just can talk. I wasn't because I was used to presenting myself over and over again. And so these women are losing, learning that incredible skill. You learn how to pose and be gorgeous. You know what? If they're, I need Megan to teach me because I look so bad in pictures. That is a skill that you want. I need to know how to stand. Got to put your, you know, to the side. I don't know. I need all the secrets. Okay. She told me what to do with my eyebrows. I'm now looking into tattooing my eyebrows. So, you know, I just think for you guys, it's just, even if the pageantry doesn't work out like you thought it would, or like you dreamed it would, 
It is molding you and building you into the woman you're going to become. And I promise you, if you don't quit, if you keep using your gifts and your talents to serve people and to love them, and you keep going, you're going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, those valuable lessons, the rejection that I got taught me, it made me numb to rejection. I'm kind of numb to rejection flopping. Now I got rejected so many times. I've had so many essays flop. I had so many editors and publishing houses reject me. I don't even barely feel it at all. It's so powerful to not let a negative comment ruin your day, but you have to have that exposure to the rejection over and over again to get to that level. You just have to walk through it. And so I promise you one foot in front of the other. It's the only thing you other people can expect of you. It's the only thing you can expect of yourself. Keep going and just know in your heart, you're learning and you're molding into the woman you're going to become. And you're going to, you're going to, regardless of how it turns out for you, it's going to be extremely valuable. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been just amazing. I want to close in the last couple of questions, just really diving into the specifics of your book a little bit. It literally has been one of my favorite books to read in probably the last 10 years. Um, Yay. I am like a strict uh, nonfiction reader. I only read business books in the Bible. It's very hard for me to read any kind of like fiction or even like short, you know, just whatever. So this was such a, it honestly taught me a lot of lessons um, because, you know, the book is very, I love how you partitioned it of like, you tell the backstory and it's kind of serious and then you bring the humor or vice versa. And you're just so real, which I really appreciate. So I would love to know, you know, what was your primary purpose and the message that you wanted to bring to people through these stories? Um, and kind of what, what place do you want this to have in the marketplace? And then maybe what's your favorite story personally um, in the book that you wrote? So I wanted people to see what has happened in my life that turned out okay. And that you can laugh about it someday that it turned out okay. And it seemed like it was the end of the world at the time. It seemed apocalyptic at the time. And it was okay. We dealt with floods. We dealt with losing our house. We dealt with having no money. Um, Things that I physically wanted to have mental breakdowns that I was able to somehow flip into joy. Uh, there was one time where we, our house flooded and I decided that I was going to make it happy. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to make this into a party because I, a cleanup party and I'm ordering pizza and we're getting a cake. And it was just like, because life is so short to be miserable. Yeah. It is too short to be depressed. It is too short to be angry And we can really feel sorry for ourselves. Oh, you guys, I can feel so sorry for myself all all of the time. I I can just, I feel sorry for myself that I have to, that I have to clean my house and I can feel sorry for myself about, you just pick it. We can just be in pity parties, but I've learned that laughing and joy is way better and I was, and, and, and so I, I show how I drop the ball. I get depressed. I have the meltdown. I take it way too seriously. And then it turns out, okay. In fact, it turns out hilarious, you know, farting on a date with Rob 
was one of the most humiliating things to ever happen to me. And look, I'm married to him. Okay. Wasn't that big of a deal. All right. Uh, getting rejected. Um, I, I got lost in the redwoods and I thought I was going to die with my friend. It was the craziest story of my life. And look, I'm alive. Oh, we hilarious. made it. And we, and we look back at it now and we laugh hysterically at what happened to us. Right. So just have, I want people to know, I want people to laugh at themselves, to learn to laugh at them, laugh at me first, and then start to realize that you can laugh at yourself. You can just really, one of my good friends who was a huge following did a presentation and she got, she froze and then had to actually walk off the stage. And so she called me and she's like, horrified on her ride home. She's bawling. She's like, I've humiliated myself in front of, I swear, Anna, it was 200 people. And I just started laughing about it. I just made fun of her. I was like, wait, wait, back up, back up, back up, back up. So you went up there. I go, what happened? She goes, well, there was a lady in the front who had a real nasty look on her face. And I just, once I saw her nasty look on my face, I froze. I'm like, wait, so this chick up front's mean mugging you, right? And so all now she's laughing. So now we're making fun mm. of the le- the mean lady, mean mugging her. And I go, well, what was the lady in the back doing? She goes, Anna, they had like a food spread for me afterwards and everything. And I just left. I was like, oh my God, can you imagine what she, that lady's face was when you just bounced and she got all that catering for you? And we just started laughing about it. So she laughed all the way home. And when she drove into her driveway, she's like, thank you. You've made me feel so much better about this learn to laugh at stuff, just learn to laugh at it. And it, it, it makes your life so much better. So that to me was the major premise of this book. Plus I want to make people laugh. It's funny. I'm a humor writer. I'm not trying to get too deep. Honestly, you said, what's my favorite chapter. My favorite chapter is couples massage and couples massage does not have a deep message to it, but I laughed so hard writing it because I just was remembering the awkwardness of getting a couples massage when Rob and I had just started dating. You know, we had like, we had only kissed. It wasn't even a French kiss at this point. And he gets us a couple massage and and he's moaning. You guys, he was moaning. The woman was like in her sixties and was a physical therapist. And he's like, she's like getting it real deep in his knots and he's moaning. So I get the giggles. The whole thing is ridiculous. So honestly, that's one of my favorite chapters, mostly because I laughed so hard writing it. But. Yes. Okay. So I was just reading that a couple of days ago and we were on vacation and we were booking massages in a couple of days as I was literally reading that. And uh, so I was just dying because I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Landon, you have to read this. I remember I had tears flowing down my face. And I was like, <laughs> I told you the other day, I was like, I always read it before bed because after a long, stressful day, it's just like, it's such a breath of fresh air. You're so talented. You're so gifted. But I think something that's so beautiful is it's not just like this empty humor that doesn't fill your soul at the same time. So I just commend you because I really do believe that this is going to be, you know, a bestseller and it's going to be impossible for people not to love it. And I just, I thank you for being a creator who's putting this into the marketplace for women. I know I'm going to suggest it to all my clients and it really is going to be a salve to their soul as much as it is going to be, you know, the joy, which produces strength. So Thank you for that. And kind of in closing, I'd love for you you to tell us where we can find you, uh, where people can order the book, your podcast and anything else um, of how people can uh, utilize everything that you have to offer. Absolutely. So the book is called We'll Laugh About This Someday. You can find it at all major retailers. 
Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. You should be able to order them from there. Uh, we will provide links. I'll give links to Megan to hand out to you guys. Uh, I have a podcast. It's called the It's Not That Serious Podcast. Right now I'm doing a walk with me series. You can join anytime. Okay. Don't feel like you've missed it. Join it anytime. Um, and the walk with me series, people are loving it. They're like, I have a phone number. You guys can text me too. If you get the book, I want you to text me. I'll give it to Megan. They've been texting me selfies on their walk. They're laughing on their walk. And they're like, people look at me like I'm a freak. And I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted. So if you want to start walking three days a week with me, I would absolutely love that. That's my podcast. It's not that serious. I'm on Facebook. That's where my biggest audience is. Um, feel sorry for me and follow me on Instagram. Will you please? I cannot grow that. I have been trying. I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to elevate it because your girl can't do it. That's Anna.Lynn.Thomas. I'm also embarrassing myself on TikTok. Um, Anna Lynn Thomas. So if you just look up my name, you'll be able to find me on social. I'm pretty responsive right now. So you guys can text me, uh, say hi. If you get my book, let me know. I'll share that number with you guys as well. So um, please, if you're interested, reach out. I think sell for the soul. That's a great compliment. And I think it's right. Cause I think that that's what laughter does. I think yep. laughter is self of the soul. And so um, I think it'll encourage you no matter where you at in your stage in life and um, inspire you as well, as well as make you laugh. So I hope you get the book yes. and I hope you love it. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Anna. And thanks everyone for listening and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, Coach Megan here. Do you want to join the number one place where pageant winners are sharing all their secrets? Then join our free Facebook group now. Inside, we'll teach you how to win your pageant interview, dominate your onstage question, and master that pesky mindset too. It's all inside of our free Facebook group. So grab those trainings now. Just click the link below in our show notes, and we can't wait to see you there.